Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. Welcome back to episode seven of Rain in Your Herd. Today we are talking about Google Analytics. So this will get a little more techie and I know sometimes you might kind of veer off and like, okay, this is brain overload. So hopefully I don't share too much information that it's brain overload and hopefully you find it helpful uh, and you have a new understanding of Google. Did you know that Google Analytics can help you make a lot of business decisions, not just thinking about how many views you can get, or um, just kind of the basic things. A lot of times when people go to Google Analytics, they just look at their views and be like, okay, I got this many views and I don't know if it's growing or how many people are coming to this website or um, just on a monthly basis or how to improve it. But your analytics can actually tell you a lot about how you can improve that kind of thing. Um, and it's kind of an easy thing to add this code to your website. Um, you just kind of go to, it's like analytics.google.com. And you're gonna, there's going to be a code that you kind of go through the steps. So sometimes it walks you through the steps of how to get this code that you're going to put it into your header and footer of your website. It needs to be on like every web page. But a lot of times, like if you're working with WordPress um, or Square, that you can uh, just put that into like a plugin. And um, that's what I do on WordPress is I just have a plugin that's called like headers and footers. And I just plug that code in there and then usually it takes maybe a day maybe 24 hours before um, you can like verify the website sometimes it's quicker it just really depends um, but you're not really going to get any analytics till a few weeks it might even be longer than that depending on how much traffic you get and a lot of times the important thing when you are using your analytics is to make sure that you're paying attention to um, what your time frame is sometimes you just kind of leave it up it's usually at the top right of the screen and you had this weird time frame of like, you know, back in 2017 and well, you're actually in 2019 and that's why you're not seeing any results or any bar graph of how many visitors yes. or anything. So that's usually a key thing. Like I learned that just recently myself because I was doing uh, a big school project on this and because um, I'm in a marketing class for my MBA and that was the big thing that could definitely mess up any of your answers for some of the questions is if you didn't have the right time frame down. So uh, like I was saying, um, there's just way more to it than just views. Um, there are a lot of reports that you can pull and the best way to learn how to pull these reports is by getting in there and just kind of playing around and getting yourself familiar with Google because it, it's, it can feel re really overwhelming especially on that you know there's that left side and it's got all these buttons like overview audience like there's just yes. so much and it's like how do I get you just have to kind of dive into them and see what all these little buttons are and it's just like one of those days that you can just kind of you don't have a million things to do and you can just kind of dedicate to it um for me those days are usually sometimes holidays when I'm just kind of chilling and not having to worry about anything else <laughs> um so 
let's see. The, the biggest thing you want to know about, or one of the biggest things you want to know about when you're going on Google or looking at your analytics is how long people are viewing your website. Like how long are they staying on there or are they just jumping right off? Um, and when you're looking at how long they're on there, are they clicking through just a few pages? Like are they only on there for like three or four minutes and they're just clicking through like one or two pages, you know, really getting themselves familiar with your type of content? Are they looking at your blog posts or are they on your website and they've now clicked through a ton of pages and now they are kind of like looking like they're lost and they're trying to really find something on your website, but they can't find it. So in that three to four minutes, maybe they've looked at multiple pages, like maybe 12 times they've clicked through tons of pages. So you really want to kind of analyze those numbers and like understand like, are they lost? Maybe they can't find it. Or are they actually enjoying the content and slowly getting through the website? Yeah, that's really, really important. And another really great thing to look at with your analytics is repeat business. So do you have loyal viewers who are coming back and reading your blog time and time again and really like showing up multiple times, reviewing new offers and looking at your website? Maybe do you have someone who's landing on your contact or packages page multiple times but not calling you? This kind of gives you an idea of, so, okay, if you're getting a lot of traffic to your website, that means your search engine optimization is good. You're having the right keywords and um, it's getting people there, but your content maybe isn't converting those people to buyers, or maybe your blog isn't convincing people to come back for another one, or maybe there just isn't quite the right content there to give them the confidence to reach out. Another possibility is that um, you're not quite getting the right people. So you're getting a lot of traffic, but if they're not the right people and you're not using the right keywords, they're not going to convert to those real relationships and clients that you want to convert with. So it's really important to look. If people are coming back, that's a great sign. How can you convert them to clients? And if people aren't coming back, how can you make some adjustments in your content to make sure that you're inviting them back time and time again to keep up on what you're doing. Definitely. So this is now we'd like to do, if you've listened to a couple of our podcasts is we like to take a little break and have like a horsey topic. And um, especially with this one, since it's so techie. Um, so today's topic is your first fall off of a horse experience. Um, so my first fall um, you know, this is one of the best topics, right? Uh, <laughs> my first fall was actually on a um, trail ride. Um, I had been riding for a while, but it was just like kind of basic lessons. I was, I don't know, maybe 10 at this time. Um, so I'd been riding for maybe three years and it was just like, you know, a little lesson horse that I didn't really push too many buttons and, you know, didn't really go crazy on anything. I'm kind of more of like a timid rider, especially even when I was younger, I wasn't extra brave. So, um, I hadn't fallen off yet. So then we went on this trail ride and I was with friends and I, you know, I, I, find, I thought I was so cool. Like I'm not even with my family, but I'm like, I'm going to bring my own helmet and I have English riding pants on. You know, I thought I was oh, just yeah. the coolest thing. <laughs> and so, yeah, I know. So, you know, the, the, the lesson or the trail riders or the people putting on the trail ride saw this and like, Oh, we'll give you our green horse. I'm like, 
okay. And at that time, I don't even think I realized what green horse meant. I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really, really, I was just like, okay, whatever. So then I got the green horse and the horse was great. And like nothing was wrong with the horse. Trail ride was excellent. But all of a sudden we're going up this hill and my saddle is going sideways. And I'm like, what is going on? And like, I had no idea. I think we were trotting and all of a sudden the saddle just keeps going, going sideways. Well, they didn't tighten my girth. And, um, and I mean, I didn't either. I guess maybe they thought that was an experience thing that I should, like I said, I'm like 10. So I'm not. Right. They should definitely have checked your tack before you went out. Yeah, I went sideways. I'm like almost under the horse at this time because I'm, I'm in panic mode. And I just, it just happened so fast, even though it felt so slow. And I ended up just falling off. And um, it, it wasn't super dramatic, which was nice. And the horse just stood there after I fell off. He was probably like, what what just happened kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was like one of those days that nothing went right. Because later on that day, I ended up like falling on this slippery rock and getting stitches and like I said, I'm not with my family, so that was a fun experience having to take everybody to the emergency room so I could get stitches and yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, you know, a great day. Very memorable day. <laughs> That's awesome. Those trail rides are such funny experiences. I just did one with my family in Oregon and I got hollered at. They put me on this little green horse, and I was happy as can be. He was very forward, and the girl turns around. We're all in a line on the beach. The girl turns around and, like, beckons, like, come on up. And my little horse is, like, wanting to go. So I said, fine, you're in charge. Like, you do this all day. Go ahead. And so he loped up next to her, and next thing, this is a walking-only ride. How dare you? I'm like, first of all, (laughs) you should have said something because, (laughs) second of all, I didn't say, I didn't ask that horse to do anything. I just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, I... Those rides are always very. Yeah, cool. except if you go to Iceland, their trail horses are amazing. Um, like, yeah, you like really get to ride them, right? Yeah, well, and they get like six weeks off. So like they're on for six weeks and then they're off in six weeks and they get thrown to the, out to the pasture just to be horses and then they come back. So they're not like sour at all. They're very oh, happy horses. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. So my first fall off, my well, actually, I have to knock on word, like, majorly, majorly when I say this, because this is my first and only fall off a horse experience, and I don't even know how that's possible. Um, <laughs> Hopefully I don't teach you now. <laughs> I know, I know. Here it goes. Here come the stitches for Laura this weekend. <laughs> but I only have experience riding very green horses, and so when I started my first horse under saddle, we only had a very, very small small round pen so as soon as we were like trotting it was time to go elsewhere we were at a rescue that had limited facilities so I we were just kind of riding around the barn and like around the general area and then once my friend and I were pretty satisfied with our horses non-spookage there we started riding out the road and it was like this like really windy dirt road out in the country where you don't have to worry like the only cars that pass you are cars going to the rescue so they're very respectful of horses and like it was basically just like this nice path that we could go and ride on so we did this quite a bit and like on insanely green you know ride number five and we're on the trail (laughs) it's just insane now that I know what I know (laughs) (laughs) but so this is I mean we've been doing this for a couple months at this point this is probably ride 20 or something but um I still don't know like what happened with my friend and her horse they were behind us and we were headed back toward the barn but she fell off 
and her horse spooked and ran back to the barn. And so I, like a stupid green rider, drop my reins and turn around in the saddle and, yeah, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Paladin is galloping by DT and DT's like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? I'm getting no instruction from my rider and my buddy's running back to the barn, so I better run back to the barn too. And then I also very stupidly, like, commit to staying on. And so I wait until he's in, like, a full gallop. Oh, my God. I'm going to bail. This is going to end well. I got to (laughs) bail. And then I just remember, like, my mother-in-law, we were, that Christmas, we'd just been sitting at the table chatting, and she told me about how she'd broken her arm falling off a horse. So I just decided to bail. I tuck my arms up to my chest and fly off the side of DT. My mouth is wide open, so it just scoops <laughs> dirt like a dumb truck. <laughs> like, just oh you know, spitting dirt for three days. Um, <laughs> like, my face looked, you know, thankfully I didn't really get that bad. Like I had a little bit of road burn on my cheek, but not that bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't look that horrendous once all the mud came off, but it was an ugly scene and so my friend and I are hobbling back to the barn and we're supposed to be like the experienced horse people at the rescue so there's you know 20 student volunteers mucking horses and we show up like limping and muddy like <laughs> seeing two horses in saddles <laughs> oh my great but we got right back on we rode them back to the barn we told them they were very naughty they were grazing in the field looking at us like well what took you so long to get here nice to see you again yes but thankfully no broken bones no horrible injuries and we were back in the saddle again without too much issues so major growth that day major growth (laughs) (laughs) all right so before the break um we were talking about goo analytics so i guess we should jump right back into it Um, another thing to look at when you're looking at your Google Analytics is your bounce rate. So what is your bounce rate? It's kind of a weird thing. And if you think about it, when I describe it, it makes complete sense. It's pretty much when people come to your website and they come on that one page. So maybe they came, let's say like on your, um, services page. And then all of a sudden they just leave that page and they came on that page and they left on that page. They didn't look at any other pages on your website. So they bounced on and bounced off pretty much is how I remember the bounce rate and what it means. Um, so the only time this would be like a good thing is maybe if you have a landing page that um, might be like kind of like a sales page or maybe you have a campaign for it and um, you want them to come on that web that, that page and you want them to leave on that page because they've made maybe the transaction or um, just you've got them to do what you wanted them to do on that page. You didn't need them to go throughout the website. That's the only time when you will see the bounce rate where it's an actual good thing that it's kind of a bad number. <laughs> um, some other times when you'll see large bounce rates are usually like on your contact page or your homepage, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Um, when you go to your contact page, a lot of times people are just kind of maybe they're Googling like, what's your contact information? And they go to your, that ends up bringing them to your uh, contact page and they get your email and then they click right off. They didn't need to go through anything else because they quickly needed to know what your email was or your phone number just so they could contact you quickly. Um, another one is your homepage. So sometimes maybe someone's searching through Google and, um, they're looking through a certain topic and your homepage for some reason pops up, um, with whatever they have searched. Um, 
and they click on your homepage and maybe after going through that page, they notice that oh, that's not quite what I wanted and they click off. So a lot of times you'll see a really high percentage of bounce rate on those two pages. Um, when I've been talking about these, these reports, there's a lot of numbers and stuff going on with these reports and your percentages, but the biggest thing is trying to understand the numbers, not just like, oh, this, is, this percentage is so good, because you could think that you have all this growth or that people are on your website more, but maybe they're on your website more because maybe you've made it harder to find that next button to find the click. So you need to figure out why are they on your website more. You need to understand the human behavior behind it and understand what they're doing when they're on your website. Not just be like, oh, look, there's growth here. Or, oh, man, there's, you know, they're bouncing off this. Maybe they just were bouncing because they just needed that quick information and got off. Or maybe why are they bouncing on your blog page? Like, shouldn't they stay on your blogs or go through your blogs? So it kind of helps you understand what needs to be improved on your website. So it's definitely more than just looking at numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, thinking about the why behind it is something that I'm just now getting into, but it makes such a huge difference. So a huge thing about this is look at where where your traffic is coming from. This is so important because if you're spending... 10 hours a week on Pinterest and 90% of your traffic is coming from Facebook, that might mean you need to readjust what you're doing. Either you need to figure out why Pinterest isn't working and what you can do to fix it, or maybe you just say, hey, Facebook is working really well for me right now. Maybe I should just be there until I have more time. So it really helps you decide, like, where you should be focusing your time, what's working and what isn't. So if you're really thinking that Pinterest is doing well for you, because Pinterest has a lot of vanity metrics. So, you know, I have like 300,000 views a month on Pinterest or whatever, but I really haven't had time to put a lot of energy there lately. And I know that that's not translating to views on my website. But maybe you might think you're doing really well on Pinterest because you see that, but then you look at your website and you realize really maybe only one or two of those people are actually getting to your website. So that tells you that's not working as well for me as I thought. So you'll need to make some adjustments there and, um, you know, decide how you're going to fix the problem. Another really, really good thing is web pages that link back to you. That's some, one of the huge powers of Pinterest is that that's something that links back to you. If someone else's um, wrote a blog and linked back to your, your page or your website. Like that's a boost for you and that's really nice. So you'll be able to tell who's linking back to you by looking at your Google Analytics and you can reach out and thank them or you can see like what are other people saying about me and kind of monitor the collaboration that's going on around your website. Definitely. One really cool thing too about your Google Analytics is you can see what type of device um, people are getting on when they're coming to your website. So like, are they getting on a phone, a desktop or a desktop, desktop <laughs> or <a> tablet? <laughs> now I can't talk, but um, it's important to know these, what's going on with what they're getting on because one, maybe you make your website a little more mobile friendly or tablet friendly, just because um, now that's just kind of like reaching out to maybe the type of demographic that's getting on your website. Um, or if you need to make sure that your website is friendly to all these different types of devices, like are you using, like WordPress has tons of templates that have all these types of builders and like are you using those builders that have 
the previews for each and every device. Like um, I use Elementor for mine, and on the bottom I can preview um, what it's going to look like on a desktop, what it's going to look like on a tablet, and what it's going to look like on a mobile. And I make sure every time I make an update that it's going to look fine on each one of those. Um, sometimes we are in a quick hurry, but those, it's definitely important, especially when it comes to your analytics. And then it just, I mean, you can, analytics will tell you everything. I'll tell you demographics, like what are the ages of people that are coming on? Um, is it, you know, the female or male? Um, it just lets you know everything about your clientele, your target market, everything. So it, there's just so much more to it than the views, like I've said before. And Another important thing is like um, your 404 arrows. So like if you go to your website or somebody goes to your website and they click on a link or maybe they're on a different website, but they've linked to you in the past in um, like Laura was talking about the backlinks. Maybe it's in a link that no longer works on your website. But if you mm-hmm. can run a couple of reports on Google and find your 404 errors, then maybe you can go back to that website and, hey, can you update this link? Um, I see that I'm getting some errors from it because it's a broken link now and I'd like to update it. So this will definitely help, you know, your ranking on Google for sure and increase your SEO. And if you aren't sure of how to use your analytics and you just feel really overwhelmed, you can um, go on Google. They actually provide uh, tutorials and I found this out because I did a tutorial for my class I was pretty confident with how to use Google Analytics before but after doing their tutorials and they have them on different steps they have beginner then intermediate and like they go like there's like four chapters they called it even just for the beginners and then it, like I said intermediate and advanced and it even shows you how you can use ads and everything so um, I know we like you know YouTube's a big friend but of course Google owns YouTube but anyways there's just yeah tutorials are free too right yes definitely yeah Yeah. and then you get a little certification when you're done so you can pat yourself on the back and celebrate (laughs) yes yes but all like oh yeah i finally did all this hard work and it definitely pays off because you i mean it's you want all your traffic going is pretty much to your website and you want to be growing your email list like those are some of the biggest things because that's how you know it's how you kind of turn in some numbers i mean at the end of the day we do need to to live <laughs> yes, and pay, pay some bills. So it's really important to understand those analytics. So make sure you go out there and get comfortable with those Google analytics and get started and rein in your herd. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're ready for some extra help with the online part of your business, you can work with us. I'm April and I own Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses gain exposure online through creating content, social media management, SEO, email marketing, video editing, and more. Let me work in your business while you can focus on your business. So don't get bogged down with trying to do all the things. Check me out on my website, makeitrain.com. I'm Laura Langfit with Unbridled Content Marketing. I can help you with all your writing needs. From your website to your social media posts, I love to write, and if I were to take a wild guess, I'd imagine that you don't. Check out my Facebook group. It's called Must Love Horses, Small Business, Social Media, and Content Tips. You can get to know me more there. Don't forget to go out there and rein in your herd.